Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with John Narrell about how organizational potential has changed because of COVID-19 and how leaders can create more engagement with their remote teams. John Narrow, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. John, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here with you today. Yeah, I'm so excited to have the chance to talk. You have a great background, and I think we'll really have uh, a good discussion today around organizational change, response to COVID, uh, and other things that we can do um, to help uh, lead uh, organizations more effectively. Uh, as we get started, I want to share with the listeners uh, John's. Uh, bio. Um, John, you have just such a great background. Um, and so this is just a, a quick overview, and there's many, many more things that I could say. Um, John Narrell uh, reawakens, energizes, galvanizes, and innovates the mind uh, of employees, corporations, associations, and systems. Um, and that is people. A celebrated executive and career and professional development coach and in-demand mindset shifting public speaker. John's professional walk included serving as a former professional um, development manager of an institutional coaching program at the District of Columbia Public School System, a 14-year mathematics educator, a state educational assessment specialist, and a long-standing corporate consultant for Fortune 500 giant Casio American Inc., and a training and staff, uh, staffing director for an educational nonprofit. Um, John, you, you have uh, been a guest and speaker in many different outlets. Uh, you, you have shared your expertise, and I'm super excited to have you joining me today. I also just want to say as a quick note, um, you, your background is a math educator. Uh, that just hits a personal note. My wife is a math educator, and uh, nice. we're both professors, um, and, and then I do this also. Um, but she she is one of those that that has a knack for teaching math to people who don't think they can possibly learn math, and uh, I, I'm so impressed by people who are able to do that. Well, well, please give her a, a high five for me because uh, I, I appreciate that as well. So great stuff. Awesome. Anything else you would like to add to um, your intro before we get started? No, I think I think you covered everything, and. Uh, it's, it's interesting hearing that back as, as you kind of relive your career in about 60 seconds. Um, very proud of what I've been able to do so far and looking forward to what else I get to do. Yeah, isn't, that's a great way to look at it too because we all, we're all an amalgamation of our, all of our experiences yeah. in the past and then we're, we try to, to leverage that and live it in the moment, but then we have trajectories into our future. And I don't know about you, you know, it looks like you've taken some shifts throughout your career. I've done the same thing. 
and it seems like life is not always linear. Like, you know, sometimes we zigzag um, and that's, that's totally fine. Uh, that's normal and, and in some ways even desirable um, that we, because we can learn from all those experiences. Uh, and so I know that you, you bring that to the table. You bring all these past experiences and that will inform what you do now and in the future. Absolutely. I, I remember when I, I, I used to teach in a, in a very, very nice district in northern New Jersey, uh, just happened to be next to where the Real Housewives are, but that's another podcast episode. So I remember starting there my first day and somebody, a, a senior teacher came up to me and he goes, John, it's great to have you here. You're going to retire from here. And I was 20, 26 years old. And I thought, oh my gosh, no, <laughs> like, don't, like that's great and everything, but I, I don't see myself staying in one place for 30, 35 years. And I had a great 14 year run there and it was wonderful, but, but life and career sometimes takes us and, and picks us up a little bit, and moves us. And, and when we show up and we're welcome to those opportunities, some pretty amazing things can happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. So as we really dive into the discussion for today, um, I'm curious what your take is on this whole COVID situation as it pertains to, to organizational potential. Uh, you know, the, the landscape has shifted dramatically uh, overnight. Um, you know, we, we started to hear about COVID happening. Um, you know, we heard about it happening overseas. We knew that it could come here. People were starting to brace for it, but we didn't really have a sense of, of how drastically it could turn everything upside down until I, I remember it was, I can't remember the date, but it was sometime in mid-March. I remember the NBA, it happened here in Utah. Um, the Utah Jazz were about to start their game and literally minutes before the game started, they came out, they announced that one of the Utah Jazz players had contracted COVID and they announced that the game was canceled and that the NBA was suspending all play. And that was like the shot heard around the, wor the world. Like as soon as that happened, everyone was like, wow, this is happening. Um, and then pretty quickly, within a few days, pretty much everything shut down. Um, and that changed everything. I mean, people are working from home. Kids are doing school from home. Um, and, and now organizations are trying to figure out how do we deal with the economic fallout of that um, and still do right by our employees and our customers. Um, yeah. So what's, what's your take on, on this situation and how do we, how do we make the most of it? So I think, first of all, you hit the nail on the head in terms of what was the, the moment that kind of shook us a little bit to say, wow, this is real, because you're absolutely right in terms of the time frame. It was, it was mid-March at some point. And, and what I've seen in my own work, John, and, and in the work with my clients and, and such is that there was this moment when we got sent home that it was kind of okay for a couple of weeks. It was, it was in some way, it was fun that the people who had wanted to know what it was like to work remotely all of a sudden got a taste of it. And then as we started to see cases spike and we saw what was happening in the Northeast and all of a sudden two weeks became four that became eight and that now here we are in, in mid-July and we're seeing states surge again and we're seeing states have to shut down again and so it really pushed this conversation about how do we move ourselves 
if we are able to, to work remotely and to do it as efficiently and effectively as possible. And there's a great quote by Greb Kaplan from Remote Year, who, who basically says that one of the things that COVID did was that any company that questioned as to whether or not they could work remotely, they have to figure that out because this has dramatically changed the work landscape moving forward. And, and who knows what reopening is going to look like. We're seeing districts across the country struggle with what even a return to school looks like. We're seeing companies struggle with not so much a return to work, but what a return to the work site looks like. And so if, if we are able to be efficient and effective while working remotely, then the larger question becomes, how do we end up handling all of the other areas of our life? So for families who have children, who have school-age children or small children where daycares aren't open, how do we find that work-life education home balance to really take care of all the things that need to be done at this time? And the best analogy I can, I can share is, is it's like we got taken off of the hamster wheel and really got some time to figure it out. And on some level, it's okay if we don't have all of the answers right now. But as long as we're working toward what is a flexible, viable solution in this moving target, we're going to eventually figure this out. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I think in, in many ways, this is ex- cause an acceleration towards embracing the use of technology in the workplace and the use of virtual work uh, in ways that you know perhaps organizations and their employees weren't comfortable with before but this has kind of shoved us down that path and we realized right this actually can work okay um, but you bring up you know we often talk about work-life balance but work life family school balance like everything being blended together uh, just adds a level of complexity and you know I have six children at home, um, all school age. And so trying, my wife and I both work, you know, trying to work from home, trying to help the kids with their school from home um, while dealing with the stress and the anxieties just related to isolation and, and the pandemic and everything. I mean, it, it's, it's challenging, right? And, and right. we're the lucky ones. We're the lucky ones that have, that we're not dealing with loss of job, um, you know, uh, that we have the means to have the technology to help the kids be successful um, in, in their homeschooling. Uh, you know, so, so really we're, we're lucky in a lot of ways, but it's still challenging. And there are so many other families that are having even more challenges. And so I think as employers, we, you know, leaders, we just need to be aware that, that, you know, we have to remember that, that we're in a, a situation right now that is very strange and induces a lot of stress and anxiety amongst people. And we want, we want people to still perform. We want them to still do their work. But we also have to be supportive of where people are at and, and layer that over the top of all the social political angst in the country right now. Um, Black Lives Matters movement and, and racial um, tensions in the country. Uh, we just finished Pride Month last month and we have those tensions uh, and just the, the polarized political environment. I mean, man, it is a, a time right now. And so I think, I think um, leaders have a real opportunity to step up and show they care for their employees during this time. 
A- absolutely. And, and uh, the, the structure that we have had in our work life and in our personal life, that, that all got, it was like it got thrown in the trash, right? I mean, all the things that we were used to in terms of having to commute and going to work or the kids would go off to school and then there were programs after school, be it athletics or clubs or whatever those things were. And we were going and going and going and going. And then all of a sudden it was like the breaks got put on and we slowed down a little bit. And it is, I I firmly believe it is understandable that we grieve all of the things that we missed in the structures we used to have. Because as we're trying to build this all back and figure out what this looks like, we don't have the answers. You know, we, we don't know. And as a, as a former educator, schools provide so much for kids. You, you know this as well. And, and there's that, that structure and it's the academic and it's the social and the interactions and things that happen. But it gives kids a place to go. And home is a place they got to come home to. And all of a sudden, that's all in the same spot. I have a very dear friend of mine who, um, who basically called me up one day and he said, can you please help me come to terms with the fact that the chair that I used to sit in every night and relax and decompress is now the chair that I have to spend eight hours a day in and do my work. And I'm really angry about that. And, and those are just some of the struggles that we're, we're just kind of dealing with and facing. And, in, and in, like you mentioned, amid all of this, we're seeing all of the conversations come up. And, and I, I just believe a much needed conversation around racial, in, racial injustice. And we're in a political, we're in an election year. And so there's things around that. And, and like you mentioned about coming out of Pride Month and having the Supreme Court rule about you know, employment rights for LGBTQ plus professionals and everything, the world is changing so much in front of us. And, and, it's, and it's a change where I, I truly believe when we look back on this, we're going to see it for the better. completely agree. Um, so it, it, it poses a bunch of challenges, but it's also opportunities. Um, it's an opportunity for employers to demonstrate to their employees how much they value them. It's an opportunity for us to revisit processes. Um, it, it, it's an opportunity for us to really step back and look at everything that used to be quote unquote normal and think, well, is that necessary? Is that, was that actually the best way to do it? You know, organizations are built um, to be, to, to maintain themselves and self-preservation, right? They're built to, to uh, encourage the status quo. And so we fall in traditions and practices that may have worked once, but they may not be the best way anymore. And until we are forced to kind of take a hard, long look at it, we, we aren't really going to make any needed adjustments. So this is an opportunity to do that. Um, but it also obviously creates challenges. Um, one of the questions I had for you in relation to that was um, just what, what does it mean to effectively manage people when they're all remote? Now, this isn't the first time people have managed remote teams, but this is probably the first time for many managers and leaders who had never done that before, um, that now they are managing remote teams. Um, so, 
So what do you think, what are a couple ways that, that uh, managers can create more engagement and more effectively um, manage and, and lead their teams in this remote environment? Yeah, thanks for that question. So I know in talking with my clients, those who were at the work site, one of the things that they miss are, are just the very informal interactions that happen throughout the day. You walk in the hallway, you go to the coffee machine, you run to the restroom. It's all of those kind of things where not only were you getting up and moving, but you saw people. And now you're only seeing the people in your house, right? And so in terms of how do we, how do we manage more effectively during this remote time, I really believe that this is an opportunity for leaders at whatever level they're at to engage more deeply on a one-on-one -on -one level. And so we have to acknowledge that takes some time, but if you're in a role where you're managing people and you are developing talent, that's what you do. And so some people are really good on Zoom or Microsoft Teams right now, even though they might be a little bit exhausted with how many meetings they've been sitting in, but sometimes a phone call is exactly what people need. And so if we're not asking the questions about how they wanna be connected and how they wanted to be contacted and engaged, we're missing this huge opportunity in front of us to really develop these really strong business relationships with people who are on our team. It's about asking questions that maybe might be a little bit difficult to ask, like, What's working really well for you at home right now and what's not? And sharing some of the struggles that, that you are having as well as being a leader, it, it is this chance to be a little bit vulnerable to increase the engagement. But if we're not asking these kind of questions, we don't know. And, and there are people who are sitting back at their houses in their apartments behind a screen waiting for someone to reach out and they're struggling as well as trying to figure out how to reach out to an IM, an email, a phone call, whatever that is, even if it's just this opportunity to touch base. But I have heard from more and more people who have told me that back in March and in April, the level of contact and communication they were getting from their leadership was something they had never seen before in their career. And then once May hit, it was like the dial just got turned back because now it was comfortable. We were used to this. And so we started slipping back into some old habits. We can't forget this huge opportunity for leaders to really connect with their teams. The only way we can really do that is by asking them, what's the best way for us to stay connected? And what are you looking for me in terms of support and sharing with them what they need, what we need from them too. I love that. Um, and I, I experienced much of that too. I, I'm a professor at a university, and so I saw a tremendous outreach uh, for a period of time, and then it kind of dropped off. Um, and that's not to criticize uh, the leadership at my university. It's just it's just a reflection and an acknowledgement of of what's happening. And and then we need to realize that yeah, there's still a need. There's still a need for us to reach out and to have those sorts of conversations and to communicate openly and often uh, with people. And I think in, in a remote environment, uh, it's, it's, it, some people are much more suited for that. Um, some people function much 
more they function more effectively in that kind of environment than others uh, and so so as as managers we always just need to know our people right we need to know our people we need to know what drives them what motivates them we need to know, know what they need from us uh, what kind of uh, check-ins do they want what kind of check-ins do they need right um, and it's not a one-size-fits-all I can't just say this is what I'm gonna do for my whole team because um, chances are they need different things mm -hmm. absolutely yeah, so I'm, I'm wondering maybe one more piece of advice from you. Um, in this time, you know, with this unprecedented time, um, what's one way leaders can help show up energetically for their people and help their people to have, um, you know, more excitement behind their work and to be more engaged? So in terms of showing up, I, I want to open up the conversation a little bit in terms of how we all think of ourselves as a brand and, and thinking of ourselves as a professional brand. So I do happen to love the quote by Jeff Bezos, which is your brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. And so when we're really aware of what our brand is and our reputation is how well we're delivering on that, but it's a great opportunity for leaders to really think about their brand and how they want to protect and promote it during this time. Leaders are called to show up more dynamically and energetically than ever. And so what may work for one company may not work for another. But as a leader, it is your job to figure out how best to move the needle. And just because we're sent home because of COVID, and, and life has changed, there are still fantastic opportunities out there for growth. And, and in thinking of that, as a leader, how do you wanna show up and move that needle? How do you wanna show up and really protect and promote your brand, both within your organization, with your direct reports, with the people who serve with you on leadership team and the customers and clients you interact with? Because there is no doubt that this year is going to be one of the most memorable years we have had in our lifetime over what we are experiencing and what we are doing. And how we respond to this call is what is going to be remembered. So it's a great opportunity for leaders to really focus on their brand and how they want to show up. I love that. Uh, you know, the employee experience and recognizing that what we do today will matter uh, in terms of employee commitment. And loyalty in the future uh, they won't forget how how they've been treated both the good and the bad um, and so hopefully we we can uh, set a good example and uh, how we reach out and respond to our employees during this time do we have time for a quick story yeah please I, I'll, I'll keep it short I promise you so I'm working at this educational nonprofit in Washington DC I've been out of the classroom for a while I happen to walk down to one of the floors. I hold the door open. Two women walk through. I go back to my office. Five minutes later, I get an email, and it reads like this. Dear Mr. Nerrill, on my work email, dear Mr. Nerrill, I don't know if you remember me or not, but my name is Sarah, and you taught me middle school mathematics in sixth grade in Oakland, New Jersey. Did I just see you on the third floor, and what the heck are you doing here? <laughs> so... So I email her back. I'm like, Sarah, here's my office number. Come on up. And she was like, what happened? And I was like, well, we leave jobs. We go other places kind of thing. And she goes, 
this is really weird for me. Well, what I ended up finding out, John, was that she, she was working as an IO psychologist and a rock star in our organization. And, and when we think about branding, we never know who is going to come back to us at some point and remember how we treated them, how we instructed them, how we engaged with them, whatever it was. And there was a time on that job when I called her up and I said, I need your expertise. Can I come into your office? And I sat on the other side of her desk. And the first thing I said to her was, Sarah, I know this is weird, but look, you and I are colleagues. I need your help with something. Can we have this conversation? And she's like, yep. Now she never called me John. <laughs> but but it, was, it was one of the moments in my career where I, I really see something as being so full circle. But it, it is, again, it is that opportunity and how we connect and, and how we really think of ourselves as, as a brand that is in accordance with our values and how we live by them, that we never know how those things are coming back. And it's always an opportunity to, to truly connect and make a difference with somebody. And I'm just super grateful for that. I love that. And as an educator myself, I hope you know, that I will continue to have those types of opportunities. I, I get those from time to time and it just makes my day. I tell my students, uh, you know, that someday I may be coming to you for a job um, or I may be working with you on a project, you know, so, you know, let's stay in touch. And uh, it's, th those are the, th that's the, the magic, you know, of, of connection and networks and helping each other. Well, John, it has been a great time talking. Uh, I would love to have, uh, to continue this perhaps at a later date. Um, but before we close the episode today, would you mind um, quickly sharing with the audience how they can reach out to you and get connected with you? Absolutely. So um, easiest way to do that is connect with me on LinkedIn. It is John, J-O-H-N, Nerrell, N-E-R-A-L. And uh, you can also email me at john at johnnerrell.com and check out my website as well. And certainly invite everyone to check out my book, which is available on Amazon. It is called Show Up, Six Strategies to Lead a More Energetic and Impactful Career. And I look forward to hearing from people. Wonderful. Thanks again, John. It was a pleasure having you on the podcast. And John, thank you as well. This has been great. Thank you. I hope everyone stays healthy and safe. Have a wonderful week. And uh, we'll talk again soon. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.